Hello, I'm Neil Quigley and welcome to my brand new podcast series. In this podcast, it will be me looking back at my life and telling you hopefully funny and amusing stories from my past, sometimes which you'll find entertaining, sometimes you'll find just plain odd and weird and hopefully sometimes relatable. Plus, I'll be just telling you things that I think, delving into my mind and saying stuff out loud as and when I think of it, depending on what's happened in the week or in the month leading up to the latest episode. I will also play you some old interviews that I've done over the years with some very interesting people. So that will come in future weeks. Basically, think of this podcast as a radio show on the internet with no music. That's pretty much how I'll be attacking it. So here is episode one. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for getting at least this far. I want to know if you've ever had a strange or unusual encounter with a celebrity. Did you meet them maybe in an unusual place? A weird and strange situation. Was it odd? Was it awkward? Why was it so? I'll start things off. This honestly happened about 15 years ago now. A friend of mine was good friends with a very famous guitarist's wife. And she got invited to a party at their house. It was an invite for two and she invited me to go along with her as her plus one. It was a fancy dress party. Now I am a massive Elvis Presley fan. I admire the man, I admire his work, I think it's fantastic. So I thought it would be a good idea to go to this fancy dress party dressed as Elvis Presley. So I went the whole way, I went to a fancy dress shop, I hired the costume, the full works, the Vegas style jumpsuit, the cowboy boots he used to wear, got the bling. I thought I looked pretty good. My hair wasn't thick enough or good enough to get the quiff myself, so I did get a rather cheap and awful looking wig. But I thought I looked great. I was really pleased to be Elvis, but I hadn't really thought things through. We turned up at the party and literally as we got inside the door, the wife, who was the host, and her husband, the very famous guitarist, were there to greet me. This guitarist was the man who played all those amazing guitar riffs with Led Zeppelin. Yep, Jimmy Page, which was brilliant, amazing to meet him. But as it turned out, I met Jimmy Page at his house while I was dressed as Elvis Presley. I found out later through listening to interviews with Robert Plant that guess what? The real Elvis Presley had met Jimmy Page and Robert Plant and the rest of Led Zeppelin. How odd that must have been. It was weird me meeting him dressed as Elvis, but it must have been even weirder the fact that some idiot was dressed as Elvis when he had already met the real Elvis many years before. By the way, he was such a lovely fella. Really nice, really friendly, really relaxed, really talkative and the best thing about his house. He had on one of the walls a projection of a giant fish tank with fish swimming around. It took up the whole wall. It just looked amazing and it was weirdly hypnotic and quite relaxing. So that is my story of a strange meeting with a celebrity. Have you got one to top that? Have you been in an unusual situation or met a celebrity in a strange and weird way? Get in contact and let me know. If you've got some great stories, I'd love to hear them. I am a big fan of Elvis Presley. His voice, his stage presence, his stagecraft, the way he performed, the man he was, massive fan. So is my mum. I think that's where I get my love of Elvis from. A few years ago now, there was a big Elvis exhibition 
at the O2. So I decided I just had to go and I thought I'd take my mum along as a treat. We went together and I have to say it was as spectacular and as brilliant as I had hoped. Because one thing that Elvis did have was quite an elaborate dress sense and a love of cars. So it followed his life from birth, through school, off to the army, the films, the music, everything. Including lots of outfits from Elvis's past, lots of details from his school days, including school reports and things like that. All original stuff. And he was a man who did like his fashion and liked his cars. So they had some of his actual cars shipped over on display, which were amazing. And many of those iconic stage outfits, those white jumpsuits he used to wear, plus all the jewellery. He was a man who liked his jewellery. That is very much for sure. You can't argue with that. Also, off of stage, he did have quite an elaborate dress sense as well. They had the very famous suit that he met President Nixon in. That was there on display as well. So as an Elvis fan, I found it fascinating. I absolutely loved looking around the place. But one thing I always did like about Elvis Presley was he did look after his friends, the people who he kind of had in his inner circle, who he liked. He looked after them financially. He bought them stuff. He gave them gifts. He gave them work as well. He had lots of people, lots of friends. You could call them hangers-on, I suppose, but lots of friends, let's be generous, working with him, with him all the time and very close to him. And he kind of called this setup taking care of business. That's what he called it. That was his acronym for it, TCB, taking care of business, just looking after everybody that he cared about by going out there, doing the singing, making the records, making the money to keep everyone good. And he had lots of TCB jewellery made up, including a massive TCB, taking care of business ring, that he used to wear on stage. And they had that on display. And I think it's a nice idea. It's a nice way of living your life, I think. If you have got a bit of money, you're successful, you're looking out for your friends and helping them along. One of the many, many things I liked about him. Neil Quigley. So I haven't got much hair anymore, which is probably a good thing, because when I look back at photos of me as a teenager, I always had awful haircuts. I went through the curtain stage that lots of boys did and they didn't really suit me. I went through the spiky hair stage, which again, didn't suit me either. I've always had dreadful haircuts. So it's probably a blessing in disguise that I have pretty much lost most of my hair. So now I just get it shaved all over. It's a lot simpler. It doesn't take me any time to do it in the morning and I can't mess up with any bad or terrible hairstyles. But I'm not brave enough to cut it myself. i just can't do it. I know I'll mess it up. I'll cut myself. It won't be even. So I still go to the hairdressers. But the way I choose a hairdresser is possibly slightly different to everybody else. My one main concern when I go to a hairdresser is that there isn't a queue. So I will go to whichever hairdresser has the smallest queue. I refuse to wait longer for my haircut than it actually takes to have my hair cut. So I'll just go to whatever the shortest queue is. Now where I live at the moment, there was a new barber's opened up, a Turkish barber's in the town. So I thought, oh, do you know what? I've never been to a Turkish barber's. I'll give it a try. That was mainly aided by the fact when I walked past, there was nobody in there. So I thought, great, I can get in, sat down, get my head shaved straight away, no problem. So I walked in straight into the barber's chair, sits me down, asks what I want, tell him, oh, I just want it shaved. 0.5 all over, please, just shave it. So he does that. That's all perfectly fine. The haircut's all standard, all normal. That's great. I've never been to a Turkish barber's before, though, so I don't know what they actually offer and what they do in there. So I've sat there. I've noticed he's finished my hair, so I think, well, I probably should start getting up now, but he 
not really taking any of the towels off, not letting me up. In fact, what he's doing is he's lighting this massive, what looks like, you know, the drumstick they used to use to hit the bong at the end of those films, those classic films. Well, it looked like he was lighting that giant drumstick. And I thought, well, what's going on here? What's he doing here? So he lights it and doesn't say anything. No, no words or anything. Lights it. Before I know it, he's wafting it around my ears, which if you're not expecting it, is fairly terrifying. Now, I now know that basically they do that to sort of burn off the ear hair. So help gentlemen of a certain age make sure there's no ear hair there, which is fine. That's good. I kind of recovered from that. And then he offered to give me a bit of a massage, which I wasn't expecting. So he's massaging my hands, my fingers, and then gave me a bit of a neck massage, again, which I wasn't expecting. And he didn't really ask or mention he was going to do it before he did it. It kind of caught me out a little bit. And I'm not sure if it helped at all. I think it couldn't have been a very good massage because I would have been so rigid and scared during it. I'm not sure it was relaxing my muscles. I was probably more tense after it had finished than before it had started. But... Fair play, they did do a very good haircut. It did terrify me in there a little bit, but if I'm honest, as long as there's no queue in there next time I walk past, I'd probably go there again. It's certainly an experience, but next time I might just say, I tell you what, mate, just have the haircut. I'm not too worried about the rest. Another weird showbiz claim to fame I have is as a kid, accidentally, just because it happened to be our local hairdresser, and strangely, still not quite his localist hairdressers, but he still seems to use it. Noel Edmonds actually shared the same hairdresser as me when I was about five or six. Yeah, we got our haircut at the same place. We didn't have the same haircut. I didn't have quite so many highlights put into my hair, it's fair to say. Now, it's one of those things. At first, it was kind of myth, rumour. I'd heard that Noel went there, some of the hairdressers had talked about him going there, but you never know for sure. And you think, well, maybe it's just someone who looks a bit like Noel Edmonds, who they think's Noel Edmonds, who they're cutting his hair. That's all fine. Then one morning... Just as me and my mum were walking in to have my haircut done, Noel Edmonds was walking out. Hair nicely coiffured, highlights in, the beard nicely trimmed. Unmistakable Noel Edmonds. So yeah, as a kid, I did have my haircut at the same place as Noel Edmonds, which if I ever go on Would I Lie to You, I think that will be one of the truths I give in because no one will believe that is true, but it actually is true. I mean, you couldn't possibly make that up. And if you could make that up, why would you make it up? That's my question. Neil Quigley. So a mate of mine was touring in his own play that he'd written and directed and started called Ha Ha Homes. Now, I saw this play when it was in High Wycombe. Enjoyed it, loved it, watched the whole thing. And it was due to come back to Ellsbury later in the run. Now, there was a very small part in the play, normally played by one of the members of the theatre staff. Now, I saw it, of course, in High Wycombe and I saw the role. Now, in between High Wycombe and then coming to Ellsbury, I kind of said, oh, do you know what? I wouldn't mind doing that part. You know, I wouldn't mind giving that a go, if you like. So anyway, long story short, didn't think much more about it. I met up with my friend before the show in Ellsbury that night. And I just said again, I said, you know, if you're interested or, you know, if there's nobody else to play it, I would love to play that little cameo role. I think that would be great fun. Now, starring in the show was Joe Pasquale, who was brilliant. He did a fantastic job. It was a really, really funny play. And I just wanted to be in the play. I've not been in the play before, not a professional one, not at a venue uh, like the Elmsby Watertide Theatre. So it was kind of all for me sort of personal fun and games, but I thought it'd be lots of fun. Anyway, I went along and watched the show. And just before the show started, my mate Ben said to me, OK, you're on. Yeah, that's fine. You can play this role. He said, watch the first half and then come backstage 
at half time at the interval and we'll get you ready. So I did. Watch the first half. It was hilarious. It was brilliant. The interval came. I took myself backstage and met Ben and we got me into my costume. Now this part, this cameo part, was actually dressed as a beaver. So I had to get into a beaver costume. So I got into the costume and sat at the side of the stage. Now I'd seen the play before so I knew roughly when I needed to come in. But Ben said, don't worry. If you sit on the side of the stage, keep the head off for the time being. I'll be off stage for about two or three minutes before you're due on, so I'll be able to come round, get you ready, and push you on stage. Well, anyway, that didn't actually go totally to plan. The reason being, Joe Pasquale got a bit confused and missed a massive part of the script out, which meant Ben literally had to rush off stage, throw the head on me, and push me on. Now, I had to walk across this stage as the beaver. As I was walking across, something that didn't fall down or didn't appear for an earlier joke, was supposed to fall down behind me, which I kind of knew. But because he put the head on in a hurry, I couldn't really see. I couldn't see out of the eyes of the head and the costume. I only had sort of one of the gloves on. So you could actually see one of my hands exposed. It was terrible, quite embarrassing. But I walked across the stage, not being able to see. I heard this big thump, which was the prop falling down. But just for a second, I knew there was like a piano at the far end of the stage because they had a pianist on stage. I was worried that I'd like wiped out the piano and ruined everything. But I clearly hadn't because everything was still fine. So I walked across the stage. That was half the gag. Then a few minutes later, Basically, it was like the beaver had been shopping, actually. Just walked across the stage to go to the local shop. So I had to come back in beaver costume, just carrying a plastic carrier bag, and walk back across the stage and pick up the thing that fell down beforehand. Now, I still couldn't see very well. I got off stage, waited for my next cue, picked up the carrier bag, went to walk back across. Joe Pasquale is on stage all this time, no problem at all, and he's doing his stuff. Now, as I walked through, walking past, Ben said, yeah, you can stop and interact a bit, look at Joe, mess about a bit. So I, you know, stopped, looked around, messed about, had the carrier bag in my hand, walking back. And then I had to pick up this item off stage, which was basically a giant inflatable doll. Now, the plan was I was supposed to just pick it up and drag it off by the legs. Now, unfortunately, I still couldn't see exactly where I was going because my head wasn't on properly. So when I went to pick up the doll by the legs, Let's just say I missed slightly and didn't quite get the dog by the legs. Now, as I picked it up, all I could hear was the entire audience and Joe Pasquale absolutely wetting themselves with laughter. I had no idea why, because I couldn't see. But as I was holding the doll, I kind of got the impression I didn't quite have the leg. I was maybe a bit higher up than I should have been. But I couldn't stop. I had to get off stage. So I dragged said doll off stage where I managed to grab it, much to the laughter of the audience and Joe Pasquale. It was a great experience. I loved doing it. And when Joe next came off stage, he basically came over to the wings where I was sitting. It said, oh, when you picked up that doll, he said, I honestly, he said, I nearly wet myself laughing. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. So I'm very impressed, very pleased that I managed to make Joe Pasquale corpse on stage for a long time. It was fun, though. I absolutely love doing it. And if anybody uh, is putting on the show out there and needs an idiot to dress up in an animal costume, I am up for that. Any theatre, I really want to do it. But my mate Ben Langley, watch out for his ha-ha series of shows. They do tour around the UK from time to time. He is brilliant. And if the name sounds familiar and you've got kids, you might have seen him on a CBB show reading some stories recently as well. Top bloke, top fella. That was a very fun and interesting evening. My theatre debut. Funnily enough, though, he's not asked me back to appear in any of his shows since that incident. Neil Quigley. Believe it or not, I did once appear 
on a Sky One TV show. A couple of years ago now, they were appealing for people to come and help out. Do you remember a show on Sky One hosted by Lee Mack called Duck Quacks Don't Echo? Well, they were looking for people, volunteers, to try out various experiments that they did. They did test experiments, trying to disprove theories, myths, and do it in a nice sort of fun comedy kind of way. So I got invited to be on that. Had to go up to a TV studio in London. We turned up there, met the other people who were going to be involved in this experiment. And the experiment was basically this. It was to do with having electric shock. So before we could even take part, we had to be checked out by a nurse, have an ECG done on our hearts to make sure our hearts were strong enough to take an electric shock and they gave us a test blast of the electric shock so we could feel what it would be like and then the test was this you go into a completely white empty room all the room has in it is a table a chair which you sit on and you are strapped up to the electric shock machine and you can choose when you give yourself an electric shock so it's up to you if you get shocked or not. You could sit in there for the whole 30 minutes and not have an electric shock at all. Now me, not being a fan of pain and not really wanting an electric shock, I sat there happily with no desire to give myself an electric shock. I thought this seems pointless, I don't want to hurt myself, so I just sat there the whole way through. As it ended, one of the production staff obviously came in for a trick and said, are you sure you don't want to just test it, see what it feels like, see how bad the shock was? And I thought, oh, do you know what, I've nearly got to the end of this now. Yeah, go on then. I'll give myself one shock as a test. It hurt, I'll be honest, the electric shock was pretty painful. Fast forward about six months, I'm watching the show with my sister. I see the bit where I come on, and it's all looking quite good. I'm on TV, it's brilliant, I finally made it. And I sit down, and the way it was edited, it looked like I was one of the people whilst in the room who chose to electrify myself while I was sat in there. Not the case. The producer came in right at the end and asked me if I'd like to electrify myself. Obviously because he thought I would look quite funny being electrified. And watching it on the TV that night, do you know what? Fair play, he was right. But that was my experience of being on Duck Quacks Don't Echo. It probably is still being repeated on Sky One, so do watch out for it. See if you can spot me wearing a rather fetching blue t-shirt. That is it for episode one. Thank you for listening and sticking with it. If you do have a celebrity story yourself, you've had an unusual encounter, you've met a celebrity in a weird or strange place, then do get in contact. You can get in contact via the website www.neilquigley.co.uk. If they're good and funny stories, you never know, I might read them out on a future episode of the podcast. As I said, in future weeks, we will look back at some of the interviews that I've done over the years in my 20-odd years working in radio. But that is it for episode one of the brand new Neil Quigley podcast. Have a great week. Have fun. Stay safe. Be nice to each other. Thank you very much.